1: We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors' huddle with me, Bram. No Marcus today. I'm sure we'll have him back next week. But my master of all things sound, Maxime, is with me. How's it going? And Maxime, full house, even though we do not have MT. After far too long of a break, rejoining us, the host of the Lockdown Warriors podcast, the Golden State beat writer for the Bay Area News Group, and a guy who is in a just nonstop justified battle. To be verified on twitter which he should be mr wes goldberg what's going on wes
2: i have no idea how i'm not very this is ridiculous it's as if my injury <laughs> updates don't count as much as connor's and i hate that
1: well perfect transition and we are going to dig into that bitterness man because you know i can associate with us also joining us the warriors b-rider for the san francisco chronicle a quarantine dj who is yet to make us a single beat, and a guy who probably isn't subtly above telling Wes that he is, in fact, verified on Twitter. Mr. Connor Letourneau, what's going on, Conor? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I do want to give
3: Wes a little shout-out. The dude won an award today, a national oh. award, and he's still not verified on Twitter. Now, that's <laughs> that's just absurd. What it's was ridiculous. the award,
1: Wes?
2: Most, most dignified person to not have a blue check? It, it, you know what's crazy on Twitter? They're like, it, it, you got to be notable, authentic, and active. And I don't. I, I guess the one I wouldn't be is notable, but wouldn't you be notable by getting the blue check mark? It's like a chicken or the egg thing. I don't understand. So you have to get a blue. In order to get a blue check mark, you have already had to have had a blue check mark. But the award was for winning uh, a short form feature story on the thing I did last year on uh, watching a basketball game with Joe Lakeup
1: congratulations you know i liked that piece and if memory serves joe spent the entire time holding a beer but not drinking it but i gotta follow up so I, i saw you have a tweet yesterday or last night at some point and it was directed at twitter support and it said something along the lines of i am active notable and a distinguished journalist and i now understand what you were aiming at uh here wes break the uh Break the intrigue. Has Connor ever, at least in your opinion, subtly brought up that he is in fact verified, and you viewed it as kind of a passive-aggressive? F- you.
2: I don't know if it was passive-aggressive, but it has come up often where, because uh, I don't want to speak for Connor's passivity or aggressive uh, aggression, but <laughs> it he has said things like, "Hey, you would have so many more followers if you were verified. <laughs> or you would be taken so much more seriously." if you were verified. And I was, was like, Connor, these are the things that I know. And it's why I go on Twitter rampages every couple of months, uh, you know, spamming Twitter support, which apparently is the wrong handle to to spam. I didn't even realize that until last night. Somebody pointed out that that's not the, the handle that you spam. It's they just have an account called at verified. So that's probably why I'm not verified is I've been spamming the wrong account the entire time.
1: You know, Connor, how much I love you. Going up to him and suddenly pointing out things that are obvious like that—it's like talking to a shooting guard who doesn't have three-point range and being like, "Do you know how much better your career would be if you actually had three-point range?" It's just—it's just such an nephew. Is that right? a shot? Yeah. Is that a
2: shot at Dwayne Wade? I don't appreciate that. Not here on Heat <laughs> Huddle.
3: I uh, it, like honestly, I know that you you hear this and it's people listening to this are like, "Man, Connor's kind of like a bad friend or a dick." The thing is, I <laughs> I, I I genuinely like was saying that in earnest and being like, dude, you're, you're so legit. And I just, I wish you were verified because you would have more followers if you were verified. Like, it's just a fact. And yes, it's probably an obvious and unnecessary thing to say, but sometimes I, I do that. So you did
2: say you, we were talking about somebody else who we won't name right now the other day. And you were like, yeah, but that guy's only got like 10,000 followers. And I was just like, Yeah. <laughs> And I I have, I have 5,000 followers.
1: Do do you mind if I, if I continue my terrible analogy, I love Connor. You go up to that player, you know, the guy who can't shoot the three, we'll call him Dwayne Wade. You go up to Dwayne and say, you know, Dwayne couldn't help but notice that you couldn't shoot the three and goes, yeah, you know, I've been working really hard and I just can't get it to go down and Connor's follow-up is no, I really meant that. No, seriously, dude. Like (laughs) if you could hit the three, this would really help your career. Maxime vote. What do you think? Does Connor know what he's doing? Because Connor's a smart dude. He's good at social interaction. When he is needling him about the the, uh, the blue Twitter check, do you think he is trying to screw with him or is he just trying to support a good friend? I mean, can it be both? I feel like I feel like it's both.
2: That's what a real friend would do.
1: Exactly. Since I opened this, uh, this show before we hit record by telling you guys that I have trouble rooting for my friends and generally need therapy there, I don't think you can do both. But I tell you what, boys, let's move. Beyond on the intro and get into our first segment because we've got a short show today. It is the glass half full segment, old for us, new to you. Uh, the idea is we look back at the last, I don't know, week, you can go further than that if you want, and pull out some things that you liked and did not like about Warriors basketball and to give you some time to think, I'll go first. Something I liked, the angles that Steph Curry is hitting shots from. So I'm running out of things to celebrate this guy for this year has been unbelievable but just last night in the portland game he had a shot that went off the top of the backboard and dropped in he had one that was like the top right corner and spun at the perfect angle and went immediately through the net so what he has been accomplishing so far including these angles i'm talking about it's just so much fun to watch and i genuinely believe if we fast forwarded two decades from today and gave some random person the magical power to go back in time and watch any player they wanted live, anybody from any era, at any point in the NBA, I think Steph makes the short list. I think this year's Steph season, you'd have to consider, you know, top three, four in seasons like Jordan or young Shaq. So I want to add that the watching Steph, but more specifically his ability to finish around the rim has just been unbelievable this year. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah look uh I, I I think that the specifically speaking to the kind of angles the floater game that he has is unbelievable and I don't know if it's al- it's always been good I don't know if it's always been quite this good where he it doesn't matter how tall the person it is that's in front of him is it, he just he somehow if it's if it's a seven footer he just puts the perfect arc the perfect spin on it and it's always he doesn't bank in these floaters it's not like any crap like that he just nothing but net as it always is with him. I've been so impressed by just his floater game in general. And when he's got that going, I mean, you know, that's, that's why he's scoring 30 points per game this year, right? Cause we know what he could do from three point range. We know that he can now get to the basket. He put on five pounds of muscle. Uh, he's been able to leverage his space and the, his gravity uh, to get to the basket. But sometimes dudes are just really big and can close in on his airspace. And when that happens, He just goes to that floater. It's been unbelievable. It's sort of what I think is my glass half full is I've been really interested in This is a little like X's and O's geeky, but I've been really into the the guard screening for Steph in these last few games to me is very interesting. You always see Kavon Looney and Draymond Green screening for Steph, but opponents over the course of this season have just been ignoring Draymond, ignoring Kavon from the perimeter. And rightfully so, those guys are just not shooting threes. Uh, And so to answer that, Steve Kerr has introduced more guard guard screens, more like guys like Damian Lee and Kent Bazemore setting the screen for Steph. And so when that happens, uh, those guys, those defenders who are guarding, you know, Damian Lee or Bazemore can't sag off of those players and crowd the lane. And instead uh, they have to play up on, on both of those guards. And then Steph Curry is just putting his shoulder down and getting to the basket, attacking those closeouts and then going back to, you know, the layups and the floaters and all those things, that's been a fun little wrinkle that, that we've noticed the last couple of games.
1: You know what would have made that way less geeky and far more entertaining? If you had had a blue check mark next to your name on Twitter. I'm just saying, man, I, you know, I just want to improve your work. So, I mean, if you, could, if you could work on that, that would really help me. Connor, what do you got? Something good, something bad. What stuck out? Yeah,
3: I mean, I'm, I'm just constantly amazed by how much the narrative has, has changed around Kelly Oubre. Um, I know he missed the last game with a a sprained wrist, but before that he was legitimately the most consistent player on the Warriors, Steph included, because Steph's had a couple bad games here and there recently. Uh, Kelly Oubre has been nothing but rock solid for the past month or so. Um, And it's been a sight to behold just how quickly a narrative can, can shift. And, And honestly, to me, it's just a testament to the, the power of the law of averages. I mean, we all knew that at some point things had to stabilize and normalize and he had to go on some crazy run. And and his three-point percentage in in the month of February was, I think, over 40, uh, well over 40 uh, after shooting around 20% the first couple months of the season. Um, And then he's still been locked in defensively. So I've been really impressed and I really like what we've seen from him, partly because I think it could end up... Having real value for the Warriors at the trade deadline, I think teams are going to be interested in grabbing him. Teams that are are trying to contend for a playoff spot. Um, thing one thing I didn't like is just the the reverse of of that. Right is Andrew Wiggins. You know you've yeah. seen Andrew Wiggins um, struggling right when when uh, Oubre is coming on strong, and I also think it speaks to the law of averages. I think what what Wiggins did at the start of the year wasn't sustainable. Uh, he had never had those numbers at any point in his career. Um, and as impressive as they were, they weren't going to last. Um, I don't think it's anything to worry about too much, but you know it is disappointing, especially when you see a game like last night where Steph desperately needs some support and Oubre's not out there and Wiggins still can't provide it.
1: I thought about you last night, Connor. So, Wes, a, a quick uh, admission to you. We had Conor on at the beginning of the the season, and we did some over-unders. And one of the ones I did was over-under points per game for Andrew Wiggins, and I put it at 25. And there was an awkward silence, and Connor kind of obviously points out, dude, that's a lot of points. And I got all defensive and said, No, of course you can do it. In fact, I took the over. Well, here's what I thought of you, Connor. Last night I saw a stat that said that Wiggins has not scored 25 points or more since December. And it's only happened once. So you may have been right about that, man. Is what it is. Uh,
2: that's why he has a blue check mark.
1: <laughs> let me follow up on the Uber thing and I'll give you a chance to take a shot at Wes. So Wes called, you know, Oubre's possible addition um, a real good move before the season started. And he held on when the rest of us were taking shots at Kelly in the beginning. And he and I are similar enough. If I was Wes and I'd call that right. I would be subtly mentioning to people how I was right about Kelly Oubre the entire time, and I was the only beat writer who had called this thing. So, Connor, has he done that? You know, I don't know if he's done it in the paper, but, like, just to you, has he gone out of his way to kind of remind you that he was an Oubre guy before anybody else was? He West does that about everything that he's right about. <laughs>
3: um, not just this, but, uh, you know, he if you remember, he was super high on Tyrese Halliburton. He was actually oh. even higher on Precious... A who's having a, or I don't Precious even know how to Chua. pronounce it, a Chua. Sorry, who's uh, having a really good season with Miami, um, and so he's, you know, he we we've, we've talked a couple times about how how right he was. Um, Steph is not above, or or Wes is not above. Oh, I appreciate uh, the compliment.
1: Oh. Yeah. Oh. We're gonna have to hear that analogy like a thousand times, Maxime. Whatever you can do to make sure that we erase that slip up—the Freudian apparent slip that Connor views Wes <laughs> as uh, as Steph. Let's well, go ahead and do I, no, it. Can I? I just have a quick question. Did Steph? Spam the um, verified Twitter account in order to get his blue check mark? Is that like a standard thing or do you think Steph was that's able to bypass do. that? No, they did. Any, oh, anybody you've seen with a blue check mark, it is because they hit up verified um, and then just as pointed out that they were notable in the other three bullet points. I mean, it's it's an important process.
2: Authentic and active.
1: Authent- that's it. Authentic and active. I'll give you something I didn't like. I didn't like the Lakers game. Didn't like one second of it. Didn't like it so much. I'm not even going to go through it. I also didn't like the Portland game, um, You know the real reason I didn't like it. This is a season the Warriors are going to need every single win that they can get their hands on, especially against teams like Portland if they want to be there during the postseason. And last night was just another game that they threw away, uh, a winnable game that they made enough mistakes towards the end that it ended up being an L as opposed to a W. But the other thing I kind of – I was frustrated by let's say is the end of last night's game so i want to tell you the refs called it i want to say that that was undoubtedly a block and not a charge and i won't go that far i'm not going to be dramatic you know the warriors cost themselves that game not the refs but i will say it should have been a no call that you know there's no way that a call should have happened with four seconds left on a basket that tied the game that wasn't a guaranteed charge and that absolutely upset me. Uh, Connor, West, charge, block, no call? What did you guys think at the end of Portland? I thought it was a charge. I, didn't I thought it was the right call. I thought it was close, but I thought it was the right call. I think that Connor should lose his check. And Wes, I hate you now. Let's move on to Warriors Oracle. So this one, boys, is basically a mailbag. You've both done it. Um, We have got questions from listeners, and there's some good ones. And I'll warn you that the final question is, in fact, a personal one. But we'll wait till we get there. Here's the first. So Orlando Watkins. The uh, high school coach of Damian Lillard came on 95.7 the game this week and said in no uncertain terms that if you replaced Steph Curry with Damian Lillard between 2015 and 2019, that the Warriors would still make it to five straight finals and that they still would have won three titles. Do you boys agree? Just switch them over. The rest of the roster stay exactly the same. But Lillard is now a member of Golden State. Do the Warriors have the same amount of success? That's a ridiculous statement for this reason. As
3: great as Damian Lillard is, and I think Damian Lillard's incredible, but he is a different player than Steph. And the Warriors built their entire roster and their entire system around Steph. So the reason why the Warriors were so great during their dynasty years is because they had this flow, they had this synergy that all went back to Steph. So if you just hypothetically – took Steph off and replaced him with with Damian, it wouldn't be the same team. The, the The Blazers run a completely different offense than the Warriors for a reason because even though they get compared to each other all the time, Lillard and Steph are completely different players. I'm not talking about whether or not Lillard's better or worse than Steph, but he's completely different, and I don't think he would have played off the guys like Draymond and, and Durant the same way Steph did.
1: I agree with you. Here's why. We got a stat last night in the middle of the telecast. I think it was Asabuki. But he pointed out that even though Portland currently averages 115 points a game, they're 30th in the league in assists. They're an individual scoring team. And I would imagine that mimics Lillard, right? He's their best player. And if we go back through that five-year dynastic run, one of the things that dictated the Warriors' success was ball movement, assists, right? And so if the stats scream that as great as Lillard is, and he is great, that you know the ball movement isn't necessarily his strength, then I'm not sure a team that is tailored to ball movement would be as good with him at its center. Uh, Wes, what do you think?
2: That's also a weird thing to say because Damian Lillard wasn't as good as he is now five years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and Steph Curry is putting up equal numbers now as he was five years ago when he won the MVP. So if you take Damian Lillard now playing at MVP level and transport him through a time machine and put him on those teams... Maybe you could change the way that it is that you play and you would still make it to the finals and beat a Cavaliers team that was without their two best players, two of their three best players. Yeah, maybe you could win that. Maybe then you add Kevin Durant to that roster and you play in a very different way, but you still got Damian Lillard at an MVP level, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Defensive Player of the Year and all that stuff. I mean, it's still probably enough talent to win a championship, but it's also like Damian Lillard wasn't as good back then as he is now. And Steph has been as good basically this entire time.
1: What was that little take about Cleveland not having two of their best players? Is, is Wes trying to take a shot I be like, that question had nothing to do with the Warriors championships. <laughs> so what the f- was that, man? How, how should I deal with this? I love Wes, you know him better. What did he intend by that little shot?
2: It was a little shot.
1: Yeah, I mean, for no reason. For no reason at all. Keep the mic, I'm gonna give you a different question. Is the Predator a cool nickname? Or kind of shady insult for Damian Lee?
2: Oh, because of the the dreadlock thing? <laughs> uh, it's it's okay. It's dated. It took me a minute as a millennial. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I feel know. like
1: any nicknames that capitalize on how you look is kind of dangerous. You it know, is. especially if we are saying that he looks like a homicidal... Um, Alien whose main feature Is killing everything in front of him Uh, But I I can see the resemblance I'm afraid to ask you Connor When I said the Predator Did you know what we were talking about And do you think it's a good nickname
3: I knew what you were talking about Um, I don't think it's a great nickname Partly because I just don't think that Nothing against Damian Lee, but I don't think he lives up to that name. Uh, it's the type of name that you would expect from like a perennial all-star. Like Damian Lee. You Lord. know, a guy who's like <laughs> dominant. Um, and even though Damian Lee is a legitimate NBA rotation player at this point, which props to him, undrafted, G League, you know, helping the Warriors. But he is not, by any stretch of the imagination, a dominant player in this league. And so I, that's the reason why I don't
2: think it's it's a good name for him. Maybe he's like maybe he's not Predator, but he's like one of the bad Predator sequels. Like you could call him like Predator Three, or something.
1: <laughs> I mean, if I almost lost you on just the straightforward Predator reference, I'm not sure if dropping a sequel will make sure that people pick it up. Uh, and I, I I think you're both right. So he certainly played himself. Out of the brother-in-law nickname, you know, I mean, there's just like Connor said, he is a legitimate rotational player in the NBA. But if we're still kind of assessing where he is in his career, he's probably closer to brother-in-law than a nickname like the predator, Um, boys. And so I, I understand that the chances of Oubre staying here are remarkably small, especially with how well he is playing now. Via either trade or they just can't afford him next year. But if the Warriors had a choice. And could keep either Wiggins or Ubre, and it was up to you, who would they pick?
2: I thought we were gonna go with Kelly Ubre nicknames. I thought that's what we were doing.
1: If you've got uh, one, I'll take that too. I know you're been, the Ubre guy.
2: I've been your, would your
1: nickname be Wes Was Right?
2: What? <laughs> Kelly Wes was right, Ubre. <laughs> uh, no, I've been I've been workshopping this. I don't know how I feel about it, but like he's got this, he is he is the grunge you know, musician of the NBA. He's just always wearing like flannel and it always looks like he has eyeshadow on for some reason and stuff. And, I, and he just carries himself in a certain way. I, I want to, I've been workshopping like Kelly Cobain, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think it's apt. I think it works. Thoughts.
1: I, my thought is, so I you know I like this and you know I'd support you, but you can't give me sh- and say that the Predator is dated, but then drop a a, a, a Ubre message with Cubane, man. Like, there's no way. Those two things are what? from the same era.
2: No, Nevermind came out in 1994. I don't know when Predator came out, but I think it was in the same box office as Casablanca or something. I don't even it know. Might been, <laughs> it might have been the 80s. It definitely wasn't like
1: 60s <laughs> at all, at all. So I'm sorry, let me answer your question. Nope, I hate it. I hate that <laughs> nickname and I refuse to support
2: it. Connor, what do you think about that nickname? You have a blue check mark.
3: I loved it, honestly. I thought oh, it was phenomenal.
2: Um, I'm <laughs> also,
3: I'm also a Pacific Northwest guy, so you know the Seattle influence. I love it. Yeah. See,
1: I, I wish I knew something from Casablanca because I'd ask you to just call me that nickname, but I have no knowledge of that movie. So, oh, unfortunately, famous,
2: the famous line when he's gonna when she's going off into the aeroplane or something.
1: Uh, the aeroplane. Yeah, I, I do know that, but I don't know how to turn that
2: into a nickname. Let me give
1: a, a, a answer though. Ubre v Wiggins
2: who would you guys select Wiggins yeah Uh, I think what Wiggins can provide to this team next season projecting not what it is not not taking what this is but projecting next year when Klay Thompson is back I have my questions about how Ubre even fits onto that roster next year because so much of what makes him good on this team is playing in space with Steph Curry and playing Mm -hmm. off of Draymond Green's playmaking but if you have him on the team next year. He's going to come off the bench behind Clay Thompson. There's one stat that
1: I just that I just came across, and I think it's actually pretty interesting. Um, doesn't necessarily pass the eye test because I agree with you that I think he benefits from being on the court with Stephen Draymond, um, but he's shooting something like forty-seven percent without Steph, and only like 28% with him, which sort of speaks yeah. to the potential for him to actually be pretty quality coming off the bench.
2: A lot of that, I don't know what you what sample you pulled, but I, I looked at those stats when he was in the shooting slump, and that was part of my argument was, I thought Kelly Oubre and Steph Curry should be separated as much as possible. But that over the last you know 10 or 11 or so games hasn't really been the case. So I'd, if you look at like the last 10 games, I'd be interested to see mm. how those numbers flip.
1: Connor, do you agree with this? Then the, would you ask me? Because what what Wes is saying makes sense to me. Does Ubre's efforts get duplicated next year? Once we bring back Clay, do we need what Kelly's doing out there?
3: Yeah, no, I think I think there's some truth to that for sure. Um, but I that's not the biggest reason why I would go with Wiggins over Oubre, which I would. Um, I would go with Wiggins over Oubre for a few reasons. For one, he's better defensively. I think that. Uh, Oubre is I would say average to a little bit above average defensively. Whereas Wiggins has proven that he can be borderline, maybe not elite, but like consistently solid and be, you know, a, a, a guy who you feel comfortable locking down the the number one perimeter option on the opposing team. And then also he's uh, he's got, are we, are we going to get specific enough where we're talking about contract situations? Because uh, he's he's under contract for more years, uh, you know. He he's he's and he's a guy who I think just fits their long term plans a lot
1: a lot better. Yeah, I mean, and that's the way it's currently set up, right? I mean, the, the as your guys understand it, after Wiggins' beginning of this year, if you ask Myers currently, Wiggins is a a I don't know core member. He is a part of the Warriors' uh, future plans for the foreseeable future
2: yeah uh, and that's partly because of the contract, too. And look, if there was a trade that materializes where they would need Andrew Wiggins's contract, they would do it if it, if it were if it were for the right player. but as of now, the guy's making twenty eight million dollars a year. He's been good for them this year, but nowhere close, you know to that level type of player who's worth twenty eight million dollars. So you're for better or worse, you're sort of stuck with him. And so that's why I think Bob Myers continues to talk about him as part of the long term future is because he probably just is, you know, I don't really know what it is the Wiggins trade out there uh, would be able to get you that would be an upgrade over what it is that you have now. Um, Unless, of course, you throw in the Minnesota pick and James Wiseman and all this stuff. And that would be part of a huge package, you know, to get some sort of superstar player, but that superstar player right now is not available. Would you consider – this is just an off-the-cuff. I saw it on Twitter this morning.
1: Would you consider Wiggins and the Minnesota pick for Ingram in New Orleans?
2: Um, I would do it in a heartbeat if I were the Warriors. Um, I don't think New Orleans would do that at all. Yeah, especially because I'm starting to figure it out and
1: Ingram is starting to be able to play alongside him. Um, Well, I tell you what, we are running out of time, but I had one question. In fact, it's a two-part question whose answer I'm fired up to hear. So this is the personal one, boys. And needless to say, if you don't want to jump down this rabbit hole, I understand. Uh, But here's the question. You get to pick one of these two. The first, what is the biggest mistake you made as a teenager? The second, What was your most embarrassing breakup story? A time you were either broken up with or you broke up with someone else to give you boys some time to think or decide even to opt out. I'll go first. Uh, The biggest mistake you made as a teenager, my, my first car accident came at the age of 13. Like this conversational topic, would be an entire podcast. So not to say we won't do this at some point, but we don't have enough time for me to tell you my biggest mistake as a teenager, which leads to the breakup story. So not surprisingly, I've got two of them. One where I tried to break up and one where somebody very successfully broke up with me. So me, tried to break up. You know, I'm a married man, um, have been for a while. And I think I mentioned this before, but my wife and I were long distance when we first got together. She was at University of Washington, I was at UC Santa Cruz. And really what that means, I mean, you know the downsides of long distance relationships, but there's some upsides too. It makes relationships crazy easy. When you see each other, it's all fun. You know, you can go to the DMV and have a time of your life. And at the end of about a year and a half of long distance, she and I traveled together. We went out to Europe. And traveling together is hard, dude. You know, that that whole infatuation period goes by pretty quick if you're the only other person in country and i started getting annoyed with stupid little things and i decided this was in the plaza navona i can remember it as if it just happened in rome i decided i was going to go up to her i was going to tell her look these are the things that are annoying me and if you cannot change these we are going to break up it's just you know this just can't happen so i go up i'm all full of myself i think it's you know it's a slam dunk uh, of course she's going to want to make any changes i want to make so i started off i go no hey we've been having these issues And this is what, and before I can even get like 30 seconds in, she goes, oh, thank you so much for bringing this up. You've been driving me crazy over the last week and a half. And if you would like to stay together with me, I'm going to need, and she fired off like 20 things that I needed to change. And boys, I'd like to tell you that I was like, oh, I'll never change. We're not meant together. I changed everything. It went from me trying to break up with her to her giving me a list of demands that I immediately accepted. And like I said, we're married. So giant old breakup story there and i'll uh i'll give you one more when we so this is one where i got broken up with when we first started this podcast god knows how but we got an intern when like you know like eight people were listening we got this guy named robert to come on and help uh it was then scott and i do the goddamn show and it made me feel important. And I reached out to Robert and we grabbed him a drink. And I remember like trying to show off and like pretending that we were like the most important podcast ever and congratulating him for uh, for actually coming onto the show. And then the next day I came back and got this voicemail.
4: Hi, Scott. This is Robert, the intern. Um, I'm calling to tell you... Um, I won't be able to continue on with you guys with the podcast and the website. I was offered a job today, and I decided to accept it, Um, and because of the hours and the schedule, like I said, I won't be able to continue on with the podcast and the website. Um, Apologize for the bad news, um, but this was something that had come up before I got in contact with you guys, and then sort of got put on hold, I I thought the ship had sailed, so I continued on um, with Let's Go Warriors and you guys, and then um, Thursday night, I got an email, and they said they were still interested, we talked on the phone today, they offered me the job, and I decided to take it, and like I said, um, based on the schedule, my school schedule and everything, um, unfortunately I won't be able to continue on with you guys at the podcast or website, so... Um, I apologize for the inconvenience. Um, I thank you for the opportunity and um, for the friendliness and um, everything that you guys um, allowed me to do and we're going to allow me to do. Um, So if you have any questions, you know, you have my number, you can call me back and we can discuss more. But as I said, um, I was offered a job that I accepted and because of its schedule and uh, my school schedule, I won't be able to continue on with you guys at let's go warriors.com. Um So call me back if you have any questions. All right. Bye. Um,
1: yeah. So those, those are my embarrassing breakup stories. Gentlemen, what do you got? Anything from teenager, from your love life? What can you share?
2: So teenage mistake. I don't have any one specific thing that jumps out to me as we're recording here, but I do know that as a junior and senior in high school, so for two straight years, I wore the same thing every day. It was <laughs> uh, ripped jeans, a uh, black uh, you know, wife beater type tank top, and a raggedy maroon hoodie with uh, brown flip flops. And keep in mind that in high school, I had hair down to the back of, or, or to the middle of my back. So that was my the look. The Cobain thing is coming from. That's why you like the Kelly Oubre thing. This is like your look, basically. <laughs> Kelly Oubre and I are one and the same. He is Tsunami Poppy. I am Tsunami <laughs> Goldberg. That's how it works. <laughs> have you, uh,
1: you subtly handed him a bunch of pictures of you in high school? Like, oh, you may be interested in my look from back then. It's pretty solid.
2: I would, if not for uh, pandemic practices happening this season. <laughs> we haven't been able to approach that kind of relationship. Uh, as far as awkward breakup, um, I was I was dating a girl going into freshman year of high school, I think it was. And uh, it was basically just a summer fling essentially. And, uh, but we went to the mall a lot because that's what you did. And uh, w- we went to the mall basically every other day. And then at, at some point, like the last month of the summer, last couple of weeks of the summer, whatever it was, she started bringing like her girlfriend along, right? And so I was like, <coughs> All right, like whatever. Uh, you know, not getting like the alone time where you get to like hold hands and like buy gumballs for each other or whatever it is that we did, um, and so they started talking way more and paying way more attention to each other than she was paying attention to me. And then eventually, I was like, you know what, screw this. And on the first day of high school, uh, I broke up with her, and she was like sick. <laughs> and uh, within a, a week, she started dating that girl, and. Uh, <laughs> So it turns out she was gay the entire time. So,
1: so you changed a girl's sexuality. Nicely done, Wes. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah,
2: <laughs> just. It might have played. had something to do with the, the the white beater and the long hair and the hoodie. I don't I don't <laughs> know for sure. Certain. She might have been confused and maybe a little surprised at some point. Connor, any embarrassing outfits in your past?
3: Uh, a lot. Uh, but. I have probably even more embarrassing breakup stories. I feel like every breakup I've had has, has been a uh, punchline worthy. Uh, but one, one that really comes to mind is uh, sixth grade. I was, uh, it was like my first quote unquote girl held hands at school. Like we'd go to the creek together and, and that kind of thing. Um, and she, her name was Haley Geiger. And she was like, I went names. to a small, I went to a small uh, Catholic school. Like there were thirty kids in my whole grade, and she was like, "quote unquote," like pretty girl in the class. Like I was all the other guys in the class, and so I felt like super cool that I was with her, kind of. And I remember at the last day of grade, I'd broken up with me over AIM. For another guy in my class named Scott Barker, and I was not aware because I hadn't checked my AIM that night, and so everyone at school knew except for me that Haley Geiger had broken up with me, and I was just completely
1: destroyed. Well, let me say what I'm sure all of us are thinking: You, Scott Barker, you bastard! Yeah, just stay stay away from my boys, girl, um, gentlemen. I, I, you know how much I enjoy these. Today was absolutely no exception, and I know that there's a ton of people out there who need both more Goldberg and Laterno in their life. Take them a turn. Where can they go, Wes? For people who need more of your work, where do they uh, turn their attention?
2: Check me out on Twitter. It's at WC Goldberg. Make sure to follow the unverified account. That's me, uh, and I'm on Instagram at the same handle at WC Goldberg. <laughs>
1: And Connor, where can we find your far more shiny, verified, impressive social media account? Uh,
2: follow me on Twitter at
3: con underscore and read all my stuff at sfchronicle.com.
1: Boys, uh, you know where to find us. You want to shoot us a email to give us some suggested questions. It's warriorshuddle at gmail.com. Our only non-verified presence on social media is still at Warriors Huddle. And uh, with that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you next week.
0: Good, good.